1: Thinking that I had been true
2: Good morning everybody, this is Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. Welcome to the show. We've got a great show for you this morning, and I am on AM860TheAnswer.com. You can also get the podcast, which we archive either through the radio station or through Dr. Bill Radio MD website. And uh, just go to archives or the vault on my website. And then on, on the radio website, you'll have to go to the weekend uh, shows and go down to my name, which is Sunday, 9 to 10 a.m. every Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. And you'll see uh, old shows down there and you can click on the link and it'll take you to it. We are at 877-969-8600. That's 877 877- Nine six nine eight six zero zero, and you're welcome to join the show. Got a great show for you this morning. I'm going to start off and talk a few minutes about skin cancers, and I'll let you know why in a minute. Then I'm going to shift over to the impending impeachment hearings in the House of Representatives, what it means and what this whistleblower did or did not do, and whether any of this has any validity, which of course it doesn't, but Nevertheless, I'm going to look at that and look at some of the laws that I think the whistleblower has broken. Well, I've got patients who come in and they've seen a dermatologist and the dermatologist overlooks uh, a skin lesion or a tumor or a a bump or a lump. And I say, wait a minute, that doesn't look right. And I take it off and send it to the pathologist. Those are the doctors who take the tissue specimen, the biopsy, the, the cancer or the lump that somebody takes out of your stomach or out of your bowel and they want to know if it's cancer, or not a doctor does. And so the pathologist, he fixes this, he puts it in formalin, which is a a preservative, or he'll freeze it. And then after it's frozen or it's preserved in the formalin, the technicians slice it into real thin pieces, the tissue, put it on a microscope slide and then put some dye on it, some stains and, This will show the different kinds of cells that are on it, and then he looks at it under the microscope and says whether or not it's a cancer. Well, I've picked up innumerable skin lesions, skin bumps, lumps, whatever you want to call them, and they have turned out to be cancers, and in some cases very serious cancers like melanomas. There's a a rapid increase. This is one of the fastest-growing cancers, in, in our country are the skin cancers, and in particular the the melanomas, which are the real bad boys. Uh, once those get out of the barn, they're, they're tough to treat, although we do have some new treatments for them. But I'm going to focus more on diagnosis today and on what you need to do to protect yourself. The big cancers or the, the large numbers of cancers, skin cancers, that we see are squamous cell, basal cell, and malignant melanoma. There are some other ones like Bowen's cancer. And uh, you can also get a squamous cell cancer from the human papilloma virus, which is the warts, the genital warts. You can get a skin cancer if you're a woman. You can get it on your cervix or if you're a man on your penis. Uh, although it's unusual to see that in a male, it does happen. So it is uh, it is a bad actor too, and we like to get that treated. So, how do we decide whether or not there's a cancer on your skin. Well, it's not always easy because there are other things that are going on and you may have had a little little, uh, a little a mole or a little bump for a long time and all of a sudden it started to grow a little bit and you thought, oh, I'm just getting older, my skin's stretching out. But those kinds of things can deteriorate into skin cancers. And so I routinely will just say, if I'm not sure, let's take it off. I tell the patient, look, if we don't know what this is, and it looks at all bad then let's go ahead and get it off and send it to the pathologist and see what we find and i can tell you in one patient who by the way saw her dermatologist i took off a malignant melanoma and then a couple of weeks ago i took off a squamous cell cancer both on one on the left arm one on the right arm forearms so The skin cancers are primarily in sun-exposed areas. They're primarily seen in Caucasians. That's white people. Although with the change in our ethnicity, we'll probably start seeing it also in kids of mixed marriages, if you want to call them that. I don't think there's really anything such as a mixed marriage anymore. We're just the usual mishmash that happens after populations are absorbed. Uh, But I think that... We need to recognize that there are a number of factors involved, including sun exposure, uh, increased outdoor activity. More women are coming into the workforce, and so they're more outside and doing more. And we're seeing a rise not only in melanomas, but also in skin cancers in women. Of course, age is a factor because the longer you're on the planet, the more chance you have for abnormal tissue to go crazy and become a cancer and we lose some of the controls as we grow older some of our autoimmune system controls change with age and so a lot of cancers are higher in incidence in people as they get older that's just part of the landscape of of aging so how do we protect ourselves well first of all protect your skin and that means don't go out in the midday sun if you can help it I mean if you're somebody who works outdoors then you don't have a choice if you're going to go out in the sun certainly put on your sunscreen in sun exposed areas and wear long loose long sleeve shirts and uh, pants you can wear a loose shirt and pants but as long as you have something over your skin to protect you uh, what is the most egregious thing that we can do to our skin well we'll get a sunburn that That really predisposes us, and I know because I was a swimmer as a kid, and my nose and lips and my shoulders were always getting sunburned. And so, guess where I developed my melanoma on my right shoulder, and uh, that's not uncommon, especially in a fair-skinned guy like me. My mother is uh, people were from Poland, and so that's a pretty fair-skinned group of people up there. So. Wear your sunscreen, and you say, well, there's some questions as to whether or not the sunscreen will cause cancer itself. And I think that at this point in time and from the information that we have looking back that you're much more likely to develop a skin cancer from not wearing sunscreen than you are from wearing sunscreen. You say, well, I put on a long sleeve shirt and long pants when I go walk the dog. Well, you can still dab a little bit on the back of your hands, on your ears, and your your nose, and your lips, and the nape of your neck, under your chin, because even though you may be covered up and have a hat on, especially living on the water as we do, there's ultraviolet light being reflected off of the water continuously, and it comes in not only at an angle directly from above, but also from below and from the side, and so you're still at increased risk. So you've got to take care of your skin. If you have a question, see your doctor. Insist if you have s- skin cancers or skin lesions or if you've had these in the past, insist that your doctor inspect your whole body. If you're a woman and you're not comfortable with a male doctor, ask that the nurse practitioner or that a female dermatologist uh, be uh, brought into play so that you can go see somebody and, and get yourself examined. Generally, you're going to see these common skin cancers in sun-exposed areas. Make sure that you show the doctor the back of your hand. And if you say, well, look, I've had this little scab here for a long time, and I don't think it's a cancer because it hasn't grown, it could be actinic keratosis, which is pre-cancer, and that can be treated. It can be treated by freezing it or burning it off, or there's even medications that you can put on it. And so we have a number of therapies out there for precancerous lesions let me tell you this, too. There's an increase in skin cancers in people who go to sun tanning booths. So if you're one of these people who thinks the sun tanning booth is safe, it ain't, it ain't. And, of course, the earlier you start and the more frequently you're exposed to intense radiation from light, the higher the incidence of skin cancer. Well, this is not a uh, uh, new Information, but it is information that I think you and I need to consider, especially living in, in the Tampa Bay area, which is a high sun area. We're closer to the equator, so we get more direct sun and more of the year. And today it's going to be, what, 92, 93 out again, Joe? Oh, my gosh. Ken, I can't believe it. Where is fall? Are we ever going to have fall in this state again?
0: Well, I mean... I mean, you know, there's. Uh, they, they say that down in uh, Florida they don't have seasons. I disagree. You have, um, you have snowbird season. You have hurricane uh-huh. season. And you <laughs> have summer. And so, you know, we're we're kind of in that uh, right prior to uh, snowbird season, kind of in the hurricane season still. So, you know, we're right on target.
2: We're on target. We got seasons. Yeah. Don't let anybody fool you. We've got it all down here in Southern Florida. That's right. Oh boy. Hey, I saw a really cool thing uh, on the Overland bridge down to Key West. And if you've never made that drive, folks, if you're visiting from out of town or if you're a native of here or you've transplanted here and you haven't had the opportunity, once in your life, you should drive down to Key West. That is a beautiful drive. Uh, I would advise not doing it during hurricane season or you might get stuck down there or blown away down there. All right, well, let's shift gears. Let's get into what we're really here for. And that's for Information, information about the current state of affairs, and the current state of affairs is that Adam Schiff and the Democrats in the House are once again going after the president for largely made-up stuff. And uh, Ken, I can hear you, buddy. <laughs> Joe, help him with this. We got a new guy at the controls this morning. (laughs) Did you fix it? All right, well, I hear you guys, too, so if I can hear you. (laughs) Okay, so at any rate, the president is being accused of using his powers to influence the 2020 election by, quote, quote, putting pressure on the president of the Ukraine to investigate joe biden and his son for their wrongdoings in uh, oil dealings in the ukraine and joe biden a year ago came out and was bragging about how he had bullied the uh, president then president of the ukraine to get rid of the prosecuting attorney who was looking into the wrongdoings of he and his son his son's receiving or was receiving money from ukrainian oil company uh, for what purposes, nobody knows, because his son is, uh, is a real screw-up and has no knowledge of oil or uh, business or of the industry or how to run or be on a board of directors of a company. But he was receiving a lot of money to do it. And there's also accusations that the Biden family received $1.5 in bribes from the Chinese to uh, help, secure trade agreements with the United States that were, by the way, deleterious, unfavorable to you and me, the United States. So this whistleblower put together this this big report to his superiors at the Central Intelligence Agency. And there's a whistleblower report, which I'll I'll tell you about in a a minute. And he uh, justifies this by saying that the president committed a crime. And that the crime was a crime against or a crime is defined under the uh, contributions and campaign laws that we have in place at the federal level that restricts certain behaviors and activities on people who are running for a public office and how they get funding for that. And early on in his complaint, he says that, let me see if I can find this here. He says that he is referring back to that he justifies what he's doing under Executive Order 12356 of the National Security Information. And this was an executive order from the president at that time, which would have been Ronald Reagan. Of course, this had probably been worked on for for several years, so it may have started even earlier. may have started in the 1960s or 70s before it was brought to fruition. And this is an order from the president, which is in the national archives and in the registry that defines what will be classified and what will not be classified when it comes to what the president and the White House and the executive branch says and does. It prescribes a uniform system for classifying, declassifying and safeguarding national security information. And we have to remember that the president, as the chief executive officer of the country, is in charge of this. He is the man or woman, as it may be, who oversees classifying, declassifying, and safeguarding national security information. We count on him to do that. Well, there's three levels of confidentiality. Top secret. And this is when you have an unauthorized disclosure of information which could be expected to reasonably cause exceptionally grave damage to the national security. Then there's secret, which could be expected to cause serious damage. And then there's confidential, which could be expected to cause damage. So there's grave, serious damage, and just plain old damage under these three terms. And all these three terms fall under the president and his power to classify or declassify. So if there is reasonable doubt about the need to classify information under this order, it, it shall be safeguarded as, as if it were classified pending a determination by an original classification authority who shall make this determination within 30 days. Okay, so this whistleblower apparently didn't bring this to any authorities When he said that the president had committed this crime and uh, wanted the conversation between the Ukrainian president and president Trump released, which the president did do, he released it. I believe that conversation was July 25th or six, a couple of months ago. And to the best of my knowledge, he did not take this complaint to any authority for determination of whether or not it was classified material that he was referring to or leaking. And if he did, then there should have been a 30-day period over which it was considered before it was turned over to the next authority, which would have been the uh, inspector general of the CIA and the, the intelligence community. And then that would go on to the director of national intelligence. And then that would go on to Congress after that. So there are a number of steps along the way that have to be taken. Apparently, this first 30-day step was skipped. So right away, the whistleblower has violated the very executive order that he said that he's referring back to to justify his releasing this information. One of the things that justifies releasing information is that there is a crime involved. And so what he or they or the committee who wrote this, this whistleblower report, which it probably is a committee, uh, they're saying that the president pressured the president of the Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden for political gains in the 2020 election, which is not what the conversation says, or does it even, refer to in any way at all the 2020 elections. It refers back to the 2016 elections and the ongoing investigation into whether or not the Russians interfered with our election and if they did, who was involved. And there are a lot of ties to the Ukraine. These are uh, relatively new governments and uh, very corrupt. And the new president of the Ukraine came in on an anti-corruption bandwagon, and that's partly why he was elected. And so this whistleblower says, well, there's a crime here. But he didn't run it by anybody within his department who could make that determination as to whether or not there was material in there that should be classified and not be released, or whether or not there was even a crime. He took it to the House Democrats, and they all sat out and said, let's slant it to make it look like there's a crime, we'll make the president either declare that this is classified, this conversation, or let it come out, and then we'll have him, we'll get him, because what you're telling us is that you heard from somebody else, by the way, that, uh, that he committed a crime on the phone. So top secret, the authority to classify information originally as top secret may be exercised only by the president, agency heads, and officials delegated this authority pursuant to this document. And secret may be by agency heads and officials designated by the president and the federal register, officials with original top secret classification authority, and officials delegated such authority pursuant to the rest of this document. And it goes on down like that. And so information that the president or his direct underlings under this executive order decide is classified is classified. And you can't release it without going through the proper channels to say, well, wait a minute, I don't think this is classified and I think the public needs to know this. And so there are exceptional cases, such as when there is a crime committed or when there is information that needs to be, for emergency reasons, transmitted to the public in general or to another agency, such as the uh, CDC, as if there is some uh, leak in a biological weapons lab or something like that. So information shall be considered for classification if it concerns military plans, weapons or operations, the vulnerabilities or capabilities of systems, installations, projects or plans relating to the national security. And one of the things that the president mentioned to the president of the Ukraine is he wants to know if any of the servers in the Ukraine were used to store any of this information that was used to undermine or an attempt to undermine our national elections. And the whistleblower said that, well, this was a crime because obviously the president was going after the information that the Democratic National Committee was purportedly storing on Ukrainian servers. (laughs) Why, Why are you storing your United States information, Democratic National Committee, on Ukrainian servers? What is this? I mean, yes, we do have contracts. To use different storage sites. Uh, So your your Google conversations or your Facebook stuff may be stored out in Colorado in a huge building full of uh, uh, of computers with large disk space. Or if they run out of disk space, they may say, well, there's a site up in Canada. We can shunt this to temporarily or overseas or whatever. Uh, So it does happen, but why is the democratic national committee storing their confidential information on Ukrainian servers? Uh, I think there's a lot more going on here. So this is national security. When you're talking about our systems, our information systems, when you're talking about our computing systems, because we transmit a lot of information back and forth between agencies and departments and the president and the executive branch and the legislative branch over servers, uh, computers, the internet, whatever you want to call it. Okay. Here's another thing that is considered for classification, foreign government information. The president's talking to another president of a recognized nation, an ally, one, which we're helping fight Russia one in which we have imposed sanctions against the Russians on their behalf because the Russians have invaded the Ukraine and taken the Crimea away from them. And so this is foreign government information. This is intelligence activity. This is foreign relations. And foreign relations are foreign activities of the United States. Those are classified conversations. They're top secret. And so there's a number of of areas where the whistleblower has broken the law and has disobeyed an executive order, which is in the National Register. And the president is right. The guy is, I mean, he's calling him a spy. I think the more correct term is, he's a criminal. He's a criminal. He has broken the laws of the United States and an executive order that is in the National Archives and in the registry and has been recognized by the courts as being legitimate. And so we have on our hands a criminal who is trying to make a case for impeachment against the president. And this is so disturbing, so disturbing, so disturbing so what can happen to someone who does this sort of thing well first let me say let me tell you what he justified this on he said in no case shall information this is still in the executive order shall information be classified in order to conceal violations of law inefficiency or administrative error to prevent embarrassment to a person organization or agency well I mean Who's going to be embarrassed? It's certainly not the president. I mean, it's Joe Biden who's going to be embarrassed and the Democrats to restrain competition or to prevent or delay the release of information that does not require protection in the interest of national security. None of this qualifies as that. The president broke no law. He wasn't inefficient. There was no administrative error. I mean, none of this makes any sense. How this guy justified it, and unfortunately for him and for the Democrats, is they referred back to this document, this executive order, in the whistleblower complaint. He used this section 1.6 in this executive order on classified data to justify releasing it. Well, guess what? Once you do that, you pull the whole executive order into play, and. You know, the problem is not that the president won't win this in the courts or in the court of public opinion. It's that it takes so much time and effort and energy. It ties up the president. It ties up the White House. It ties up the Justice Department. It ties up our spy agencies. It ties up the FBI. It ties up the House of Representatives. It ties up the courts. It it brings all the departments of government into play. And so everybody's going to have to weigh in on this at some point, unless the Democrats do what they've done before, which is to bring it out to the light of the public, watch it wither and die, and then say, well, we still know he's a crook and we're going to look for something else. But, you know, this is just, this is ridiculous. Somebody needs to be held accountable here. Somebody needs to be held accountable. And I think that the first person to out is the whistleblower. Now, the Democrats say that they don't want the whistleblower outed because, outed because he, will, he or she will fear for their life. Oh, give me a break. Like I'm going to take my, uh, my, uh, my 5.56 rifle and go out and hunt this guy down. I don't want to hunt him down. I want to put the spotlight on him. I want his face On every radio show, I mean, on every television show, his voice on every radio show and his picture in every newspaper and magazine across the country is the scumbag who's betraying our country. And that's exactly what he's doing. There was no quid pro quo in the conversation. The president did not say, if you don't do this, then we are not going to give you aid. He said, I want to continue aiding you guys. And I'm going to continue giving you aid. And we want to see that you succeed and we're committed to you militarily and financially. And later on in the conversation, he said, which the president of the Ukraine brought up corruption, he said, well, while you're investigating that corruption, can you look deeper into this whole uh, uh, 2016 election and see if the Bidens were involved in this and the servers that the Democrats use, if they were actually in the Ukraine. And uh, we'd like to know that. Hey, he's the chief cop. The president, as the chief executive officer, is the chief cop of the country. And he is over the FBI, the CIA, the uh, DEA, the federal marshal program. He's over all of these... uh, uh, policing agencies and spying agencies and enforcement agencies as the top cop. This is what he's supposed to do. He's supposed to look into accusations of criminal behavior on the part of citizens of the United States, especially when it comes to our election process. This is exactly why we elected him. We want him to investigate these crimes. And that's what they are. They're crimes. They are crimes when you use the uh, the the office of the president, or the secretary of state, or the vice president to try to illegally influence campaigns, to illegally use electronic devices and servers to spy on people domestically, United States citizens, to fool the FISA courts so you can get a warrant. And the FISA courts are the secret courts that are uh, ex parte. That means that they're one-sided so that the prosecutor can go to the judge of of a FISA court and say, without the person's knowledge who's being uh, discussed for investigation, without their having any representation and say, uh, we need a FISA warrant to surveil this person, to spy on this person, because we think that he is acting as a foreign agent or as a terrorist or uh, as some other really egregious uh, kind of human being that will disrupt our country and our way of life. But you can't use it to spy on Dr. Bill Because he says that Hillary and Bill Clinton are scumbags. That's not a reason. You can't spy on me because you don't want me to be president because I'm going to roll back executive orders that greatly hampered productivity and business growth in this country and our basic economic health and welfare You can't do that. That's illegal. That's an illegal use of the FISA court, and you need to be held accountable. And so we need to out this guy. We need to find out who's behind this. I mean, we already know, but it's just a matter of bringing it into the public light so that the public can see. And classified information shall not be disseminated outside the executive branch except under conditions that ensure that the information will be given protection equivalent to that afforded within the executive branch. So this information, if the whistleblower really wanted to blow the whistle, should have been limited just to the one paragraph in the conversation that he or she claims shows a quid pro quo between the president of the Ukraine and the president of the United States, where the president says, we want to continue to give you aid, but we need you to give us some information in return. And it ain't there. It ain't there. It just ain't there. It's a nothing burger. A nothing burger. It's all carbohydrates. It's all starch without any protein, without any meat in the middle. So you got a nothing burger. You've got a lot of sugar, a lot of Bread and bun and condiment and spices and all that. But there's no burger in the middle. There's not even a soy burger. I think that this whole vegetarian thing is getting to the Democrats. I think they've actually lost sight of what is meat. (laughs) You know, what is real substance? Where is the protein here? Yeah, you can survive on carbohydrates for a while. But eventually you're going to be protein deficient. And that's called kwashiachor, and that's a form of starvation. And the Democrats are fast starving themselves to death here. It's just a pity. I'm telling you, I I just, I I can't believe this has all happened. uh, And that this man, this president, has been put through so much in such a short period of time by such scumbags. And by the way, Who on earth could have withstood this kind of scrutiny, this kind of assault, this kind of uh, uh, lies and innuendos about him, his family, about his position, about whether he was legitimately the president? Who could have withstood this? I mean, this guy's unbelievable. And not only is he taking this and fighting back, he's making two and three appearances a day going overseas and coming back home. And within 12 hours, he's on the stump down in Texas, or he's up in what, uh, Minneapolis, I think this weekend. And so, Oh, by the way, the mayor of Minneapolis said, if he had it within his power, he would not allow the president of the United States to come to Minneapolis. Can you believe that? I mean, what is with these Democrats? Are they so insecure? Are they so intent on a, a fascist socialist state where they're in charge and we're all just the doodahs for them that they can't even allow the opposition to come and to a rally and, and voice their opinion? I mean, this is the same thing we see going on on the campuses where you're not allowed to say anything conservative because the liberals and the radicals on the cam- on the college campuses will attack you. They will assault you. They will shout you down. They will hit you. They will tear down your posters. They will tear down your banners. They will rip your flag out of your hands. What is going on here, folks? So I saw one of the policemen on on the show this morning on the uh, Fox News, and then I'll take a break. Let me let me get to this, Joe. And he said that, and Ken too. We can't leave Ken out. And he said that the mayor of Minneapolis had ordered the police not to wear their uniforms when they are with a candidate. Well, they did it even against their will. They were forced to wear their uniforms when, uh, Bill Clinton came there and they didn't want to cause they didn't like Clinton, but they were forced to by the mayor. And so now it's just the reverse. If you put your uniform on and stand behind the president, President Donald Trump, then you're in violation of my orders, and that means you could be fired. Well, here's what I say to the police up in Minneapolis. Dress in a shirt and tie and take your badge with you, and at the appropriate moment, everybody hold their badge up behind the president and snap a a selfie, get a picture. And with that, I'm going to go grab a cup of Joe, not Joe who's working with Ken this morning, but a cup of liquid Joe, and not a cup of ken either but a cup of liquid joe i'll be right back this is dr bill your radio md Just give me the sun and i will
0: be gone yeah.
3: with srn news i'm michael harrington in washington New York City police say an officer has been shot and killed in the Bronx. The NYPD says the officer was identified as 33-year-old Brian Mulkeen, shot during a struggle with a 27-year-old just after midnight. That 27-year-old shot by other police officers and died on the scene. Thousands of people marching in Taiwan today in support of Hong Kong's pro-democracy protests. Spurred by anti-China cries from loudspeakers, demonstrators took to the streets of Taipei. Despite heavy rain, most wore black and a few donned gas masks, both symbols of the Hong Kong protests. And China's rapidly developing arsenal will be on display the day after tomorrow when the country's secretive military holds a big parade. Chinese media says a nuclear-armed missile that could reach the U.S. will be on display.
2: 727-384-6411, 727-384-6411. Hello, this is Dr. Bill Handelman for our good friends at Tampa Bay Imaging. TBI provides state of the art MRI and CT scanning with the lowest radiation possible. Most insurance plans accepted and self-pay rates are very competitive. TBI is conveniently located in Tampa and St. Pete with evening and weekend appointments. So call TBI today or ask your doctor. In Tampa, call 813-386-3674. St. Pete, call 727-545-9674.
1: If you have an unpaid tax debt to the IRS that you can't pay, please hear this special notice. Specially approved IRS relief programs designed to aid delinquent taxpayers are now in effect that can significantly improve your financial situation. Depending on your circumstances, you may qualify to have your tax problem resolved in your favor and may even have your back taxes reduced by thousands or eliminated entirely. A relief hotline has been established by Community Tax for you to call and see if you qualify at 800-500.
2: Hey, one of my first gifts as a New Florida resident was a beautiful star on my windshield, courtesy of the Howard Franklin Bridge. But my friends at the office here told me to go to Auto Glass America. Wow. Auto Glass America took care of everything, from the paperwork with my insurance company to installing the windshield. They came to the studios. In less than an hour, they put in a brand-new windshield while I was doing the radio show. Wish everything was this easy. When you hear stone hitting glass and the windshield star appears, call 813-96-GLASS, 813-96-GLASS, Auto Glass America. Tell them Mike Gallagher's.
0: Here is your exclusive AccuWeather forecast. We'll have sunny to partly cloudy skies today, the high 93. Clear skies tonight, the low 76. Mostly sunny tomorrow, tomorrow's high 93.
2: Clear to partly cloudy tomorrow night, the low 76. Partly sunny Tuesday with a shower or thunderstorm in the area, Tuesday's high 92. Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high once again 92. That's your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Drew Shannon for AM 860, The Answer. Hey, that was Ambrosia a little bit. Of, that's how much I feel. And uh, the beginning of the song says that I don't know how this whole business started. People saying that I've been untrue to you. But if you'll just take hold of my hand, we can get back together. It's not, none of it's real or true. And we extend our hand to the Democrats and say the same thing. If you guys want to want to quit this nonsense and uh, uh, quit making up these lies, we'll, we'll, we'll hold hands and be together again and quit tearing the country apart. I'm talking about the whistleblower's report uh, that was aired before Adam Schiff and the House Committee this week. I think the director of national intelligence uh, was the person on the hot seat. And uh, the first thing that Adam Schiff did and the Democrats did was attack the DNI, the director of national intelligence, for not bringing it to them sooner. And he said, well, You know, I had to walk this through all the appropriate channels before I brought it through, which, by the way, the whistleblower didn't do. He didn't take it through any channels. What he did is he just typed unclassified on the top of it or the Democrats did, even though it it had no uh, official seal on it as to whether it was classified or unclassified. They just typed unclassified on it. And so they brought this report. And he says that in the course of my official duties, what are those duties? I have received information from multiple U.S. government officials that the president of the United States is using the power of his office to solicit interference from a foreign country in the 2020 election. That ain't in there. It ain't in the conversation. I read the conversation. This interference includes, among other things, pressuring a foreign country to investigate one of the president's main domestic political rivals, We don't know that Biden's going to win the primary yet. The president's personal lawyer, Mr. Rudy Giuliani is a central figure in this effort and attorney general Barr appears to be involved as well. Well, yeah, he's, he's investigating the, uh, the, the interference in our election, which is tied to Russia and the Ukraine. So none of this makes a whole lot of sense, uh, he, uh, The whistleblower also says, I am concerned that these actions pose risk to U.S. national security and undermine the U.S. government's efforts to deter and counter foreign interference in U.S. elections. Wait a minute. That's exactly what the conversation was about, was trying to figure out who, how, what, and why interfered in our national election. So uh, th- this, it's just ridiculous. And he says he endeavored to apply the classification standards. Endeavored? in executive order one, three, five, two, six, which I talked about earlier, by the way, it's not his call. It's not the whistleblowers call as I read to you the executive order in the first half of the show that says it has to go through the proper channels in order to be declassified, even if it's for purpose, even if you think there's a crime, you still got to walk it through the proper channels, which it was not walked through. It was walked through the democratic house committee and their lawyers. And then they said, well, we've endeavored, or our man, basically, I, the whistleblower, have endeavored to apply the classification standards. It's not up to the House to decide whether it's classified or not classified information. That's the president's call. If they have a beef with it, then they can go to court and get it, but not not have one of their own say, oh, I have endeavored. What does that mean, endeavored? This whole thing, it goes on and on. Multiple White House officials with direct knowledge of the call. And then he even talks about, uh, uh, who is it that he said? He said that one of the people working with with Trump, uh, one of his... People was uh, that, that is high up in the administration was in on the call. And that guy says, I wasn't in on that call. I'm trying to f- see where I have the name of that guy. But Letsenko. Nope, that's not him. At any rate, so one of the people in Trump's inner circle. Oh, it was T. Ulrich Brechtbull, B-R-E-C-H-B-U-H-L also listened in on the call, a State Department official. Breckbull says, I didn't listen in. I don't know what he's talking about. And then the whistleblower says that the president attempted to restrict access to the call by having his people move it to a more secure server, another White House server, because apparently when the president makes a call like this, they record all of this so that they can refer back to it and make sure there's no misunderstandings but it also is classified because when you're talking to another world leader, you don't want everybody to hear the conversation or that world leader is not going to be frank and open with you. So you have to have some uh, level of security and secrecy so that you can have two leaders discuss things and discussing something is necessary And they can even pose uh, situations which may or may not arise. They can talk about possibilities. They can talk about whatever they want to talk about. That's within the domain of the president as the chief executive officer. So apparently the whistleblower says that the transcripts were electronically removed from one computer system and put into another. Well, yeah, I'm sure they were because there were so many leaks coming out of the White House over the past two years that this was done I believe last year they went to a more secure server. This whole thing is just a big, fat nothing. And so they're saying that Giuliani, acting as the president's uh, official representative as part of our government, which he's not, he's the president's private attorney, reached out to and had meetings with Ukrainian officials and uh, that this was to, of course, I don't know who was there listening to this, but the accusation is that Giuliani was pressuring the Ukrainians with the power of saying to his man, the president, not to give the Ukrainians any help unless they divulge this information that the president supposedly uh, uh, tried to coerce out of the president of the Ukraine, which didn't happen, but it's still, it's all there in this whistleblower report. And... None of this, from what I've read, and I've read the whole whistleblower report, as well as the whole tape conversation between the president and the uh, the uh, president of the Ukraine. And I, you know what? I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. And I just don't understand how people can be so emotionally driven to take on this cloak of, uh, of uh, righteousness and to say that they are trying to uphold the laws of the United States and preserve the integrity of the election process, when they're obviously the ones that are, the, who have interfered with the election process. By the way, the Inspector General of the intelligence community is the man who oversees all of the uh, internal Goings on, and he has the power to basically act as a judge and to take statements from people within his purview. And he has these powers to do this to prevent uh, fraud, to create uh, objective and, and effective offices and appropriate accountability to Congress, to initiate and conduct independent investigations, inspections, audits and reviews on programs and activities within the responsibility and authority of the director of national intelligence who oversees the uh, NSA and the CIA uh, to prevent and detect fraud and abuse in such programs and activities, and in the manner prescribed by this this section of, of the code to ensure that the congressional intelligence community are kept similarly informed. Significant problems and deficiencies relating to programs and activities, and this also includes uh, spending money wastefully or, or uh, you know, getting a contract with a, a defense vendor, and so all these things fall under the uh, inspector general's purview, including the whistleblowers report, and the the the, the inspector general has the power to investigate, and he gets 30 days to do it. So if the inspector general exercises his authority, within a week, he's supposed to let the director of national in- intelligence know what's going on, and that he's inspecting or looking into something. And he can take, the inspector general, can he can take your your testimony and act as if he were a duly appointed judge. And so if you lie to him, that's perjury. Well, of course the whistleblower is not going to take it through the inspector general's office before he goes out publicly with it because he's lying. He would perjure himself and he would be fired from his position or reprimanded or uh, other things that the, that the director of national intelligence and the head of the NSA and the CIA can do to employees who misbehave in this way. So this guy needs to be held accountable, whoever he is. The inspector general needs to be brought into this so that we can have this investigated. Attorney General Barr and the Justice Department need to do an independent investigation of the intelligence agencies to make sure that they are behaving and that they don't have uh, a subculture in the NSA and the CIA as the FBI had as we saw with Comey and McCabe. And we already know that the former director of the CIA, Brennan, is a flaming socialist and an anti-Trumper, and that he hates Trump, and that he would do anything to unseat him. And so now we see that not only is the FBI corrupt at some level, not all FBI agents, but there, there's an inner core that got power and hierarchy in the FBI that were never Trumpers, and we see it now coming out in the CIA and in the NSA. What on earth is going on here, folks? What on earth is going on? And you know, is this an urgent concern? Is this a crisis in the government? Is this something that warrants bypassing all of the stops and and all of the uh, all of the checks? and balances within the, the inspector general's office to look at something before it's released and made public, which should not have been made public, which was classified. And, and you say, well, how does this hurt hurt the president and the nation? You have to be able to talk to the foreign leaders without them feeling that they're going to be uh, exposed in the press for things that they say, which may not sound the way they want them to sound or to discuss things with our government, our president, which has to do with national security, or with intelligence gathering, or with uh, weaponology, all these things are very, very uh, uh, delicate. I saw something in uh, one of the newspapers this morning, uh, well-written article, and it's about the president, and it would be, Quote, it would be understandable if President Trump wakes up troubled these days by four words bouncing around in his head. Loose lips sink ships. Yeah, the the president's got a mouth on him. I love it. I don't care. I'm glad that finally somebody's standing up there. But let us remember what Chuck Schumer said as a warning to the president. He said, Watch out what you say about the intelligence community because they will get you. They will bring it back around on you. And this is really coming home to to roost. Schumer said back in 2017, you take on the intelligence community, they have six ways from Sundays at getting back at you. Well, I think the president's going to win this. And hopefully we'll flush out some of the garbage that's in that area of the government. I'm Dr. Bill, your Radio MD. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks, Ken. Good job.